Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in Patriots Beat Podcast, coming to you exclusively on the CLNS Media Network. John Zanis, Alex Barth, Patriots training camp rolls on day eight, heat, humidity. Eh, it wasn't that humid. Honestly, for all the fuss we made about how hot it was going to be today, I actually thought it was fairly tolerable. Um, we got a little get- breeze. That helped. Yeah, we didn't have the be- little breeze. We didn't have the benefit of the slip and slide. The Patriots did. <laughs> uh, apparently, this is a very, um, you know, secretive. Uh, you know, uh, exercise that we're no longer allowed to film. Once upon a time, media was allowed to go back there and film that uh, thing that they do with the fumble drill and the slip and slide, but no fun anymore. No fun allowed, Alex. That's fine. Um, So we watched training camp. This was a padded practice, just catching people up um, on, 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 on what we've got here. Uh, Padded practice. Tomorrow is a walkthrough. So this basically wraps up week two of training camp. We've now got, you know, I don't know about that. I don't know if you saw um, Tom Curran tweeted that it might be a little more up tempo than it's been in the past. Oh, the, 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 the Friday in stadium. Yeah. So that would be something a lot of we times don't know those yet. things are light and fluffy. Um, so yeah, we'll see. That would be something if there's something there to um, see and discuss from uh, Friday's practice, but we are nearing the end of week two, whether or not they do something uh, heavy duty or worth discussing tomorrow. And uh, we have some idea uh, of what's going on. I guess the continuing trend just is the offense and how they're doing and, and, uh, and uh, just how they're looking. So we'll just jump into today. Again, not a lot of competitive stuff. They did a lot of special teams. Uh, what little competitive they did, you did see some uh, some gains from the passing game, albeit a, on a lot of the shorter stuff, um, which they were able to complete. Um, you saw a little bit of success with some inside runs. The zone blocking and the outside running is still a total freaking mess. Uh, and that stuff's getting blown up pretty easily. You are also getting... Um, defensive penetration on the offensive line in the passing game, resulting in a couple of sacks or would-be sacks sort of situations. So um, I don't have the full numbers in front of me, Alex, but, you know, there might have been, I think it was about 16 total competitive plays, and I think you could say the Patriots' offense had six or so positive plays uh, resulting from that. So that's not great. And the six might be a generous number because a couple of those, like you said, are kind of easy, take it, check down, dump offs uh, and not really anything like big and down the field. So here we are again, it's inching forward, but you know what Bill Belichick said before practice, we're past the teaching. We're into the production portion of camp. Still want to see more production from the offense. 
Yeah, I, I felt the offense maybe took a little bit bigger of a step than you did. I think there's still work to, to be done. I think in terms yeah. of passing, they did, right? I I'm had spending Mac, too much time with Bedard. That's my problem. You might be. You really might be. I had Mac down as 14 for 18. At one point, he completed 10 passes in a row, and that's like 10 passing snaps but I only in a mean row. So the 11s. The, yeah. No, so that, that that's what I had. So the big thing is like 10 dropbacks in a row, not including the runs, but he didn't have to take off and run himself. He didn't get sacked 10 times in a row where he was able to drop back, throw the ball and hit somebody. And maybe some of them were checkdowns, right? But th- a huge part of the problem the first couple of days was they couldn't even do that consistently. He was getting flushed out of the pocket. He's having to roll around, right? Scramble, throw the ball away. So it's a, it, they're not all the way where we want them to be, but there was a little more pass protection. I said on yesterday's show, you just want to see him start to build a rhythm. That's kind of the first step towards fixing this. I felt like you saw that a little bit today. So it's not, you know, we ended last show saying we want to come on here and be like, the offense, they've arrived, right? It's not that, but it is progress. Maybe not as much progress as everybody wanted, but it is a step. The running game, like you said, isn't has not gotten to that stage yet. The running game still seems like it's in square one. That's certainly a concern, especially when you look at how big of a factor the running game was for them last year. And I don't think it needs to be that big of a factor this year, but it's going to be a factor. But I'll I'll give the passing game credit for what they did today. I think it was better. Well, if they come out tomorrow or in the next competitive practice and there's no more growth, it's kind of like a so what? But this is the first day I felt comfortable saying like, hey, they're moving in the right direction with this stuff. They are. There's one thing I wanted to point out, and this is the problem without having like the benefit of being able to kind of run it back. There's probably a lot of times out there where you see something and you're like, crap, I want to see it again. And you can't see it yeah. again. And that makes it harder to judge kind of what happened on certain plays. Um, So, you know, there are times when there is time and uh, you look back and Max still got the ball in his hand uh, on, on, on some plays. And I, I, you, you, you scan the field. It looks like nobody's open. So, but maybe there was for a split second, maybe there was a window, maybe Mac missed it. Um, And that stuff, it's really, really, really hard to pick up when you're watching it live and you really only got one look at it. But there are times where, when Matt, when the O-line hasn't completely collapsed that you see Mac kind of stuck there and he's still looking around and you see guys running around. There's nobody to throw to. And I'm not sure whether he's holding it too long or just nobody's open. Yeah. I only had one today where it looked like nobody was open. I, there was one where they, I mean, they just, it was in 11s. Everybody was locked up. Max holding, holding, holding. I think this was one of the last plays of the day. I think he eventually checked it down to a back. He might've thrown the ball away, but yep. It 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 did feel like there was some separation from the receivers more so. I, I didn't, and Mac might have held it. Well, no, I didn't notice a ton of. So I had one where he had to hold it because nobody was open. I had two where he held it. It's not that nobody was was open, but nobody was like, you know. I think he could have probably thrown it. I think he had something good. He was well, you're waiting talking for something better. There were three or four sacks in the in the ele- in the competitive eleven on elevens between Mac and Zappy, and Mac got the majority of snaps in this one. I think he had right. a- eleven snaps to Zappy's five. He got sacked three times. Yeah, but some of those sacks, like one of them, Anthony Jennings was just there. Like he got the ball and the gun, and and that's not on him. I mean, he can't. Sure, sure, sure. Right. Yeah. So when I'm talking about plays where I think he held the ball longer than he probably should have, one of them, everybody was just blanketed. Call it a coverage sack. There were two where. I thought maybe he could have, I think there were opportunities to throw the ball that were good, not great. And I think he was waiting for something great to get open, which yeah. you don't like you, there's times to do that. I don't think this was the time. I don't think those were the time to do that. So 
I'm down for two sacks on his fault, one sack on the line's fault. But again, yep. this is from is eight sacks, I think nine sacks on Tuesday. So again, it's progress. They're not where they want to be, but it's progress. No. No, no, just just like I said, just charting you because at the end of the day, you really are. Some of those inf- uh, completion numbers are a little bit inflated because they are during the less competitive portion of practice. So when you're looking at just when kind of it's offense full tilt, defense full tilt, that's what you had four sacks out of 16 plays. You don't want to get sacked 25 percent of your dropbacks. Um, so it's still, yeah, as you said, better. Uh, it's not eight or nine sacks. It's a little better, but it's still not quite there. So again, you do want to see it and it really would be nice to get into some game action and then going against, as you said, uh, other teams. And that's where you're really going to start to, uh, start to see things a little bit. Uh, you mentioned Jennings, Uh, Jennings again, just continues to show out, uh, Godshaw great again. Um, you know, he's looked really good. I know some people were kind of yeah, I don't know about this extension. Why is Bill throwing money at Jags right now? He's playing like a guy who's worth $10 million, at least in camp. Um, anything else you kind of glean from today? And again, just to set people up for what we're going to do here, there's wasn't a ton to talk about today. Um, so we will go into some observations. We're going to spend a little bit of time grading uh, the position groups that we've seen through eight days so far. But uh, just picking up the pieces on any leftovers from today. Yeah, I, I think with Anthony Jennings, you, you touched on him there for a second. I think that's a big one. No Matthew Judon today. We, we didn't find out why. We'll right. see if he's out there tomorrow. Might have just been a veteran's day off. And Anthony Jennings got most of his snaps yep, with got, that top defense. And, right in his place. Yeah. You know, I, I think coming into camp, a lot of people had Jennings as a fringe roster player, if that. And he's looked good to this point. Like, it's not that they randomly threw him out there today after nothing. I would say he earned that role. And, and we saw him out there today and he played well. I had him down for half a sack today, that would be big if he can step up, right? They've got two outside linebackers they need to replace and Jamie Collins and Kyle Van Noy. And we were kind of looking at the group of Anthony Jennings, Josh Uche, and Ronnie Perkins as the guys who realistically internally might step up and grab those opportunities. And so far, I think it's been Jennings by a landslide stepping up in that outside uh, linebacker. I'm not spray tanned. I am just, no, I think he's calling sweat. me. I think he's calling me spray. Tan. Oh, okay. I'm your Alex. Cause I'm dripping with sweat. I you're Alex. Now. I'm spray tan. I could be, but I'm not spray tan anyway. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think Jennings has been really good throughout camp. And then today to see him step into Judon's role, I think that's, that shows that the team clearly thinks highly of him. And I've been saying this since the draft, I'm not ready to give up on Anthony Jennings yet. And clearly the Patriots aren't either. Yeah. Um, So that's good. That's a, that's, you know, really serendipitous here, you know, getting to see, and again, you know, from, from, you know, sometimes from injuries and things like that, um, you know, uh, you get opportunity and when you, you know, are kind of given it, it's, uh, it's good to make the most of it. So Jennings has looked good uh, over the past couple of days, camp, couple camp notes, Brian Hoyer is alive. That's good news. He's back. He was back working out. Ramondre Stevenson uh, missed one day, came right back. Um, So that's good to see. There was nothing major there. As I said, he looked a little bit off and a little labored uh, the other day. It looked like he powered through practice, but maybe just needed a day to get himself right. Could just be general soreness. Who knows? Um, So, uh, so, so those two things, you also saw, uh, PR strong, get his first competitive reps yeah, of that was practice. Um, so that's nice to see as well. I saw, I watched him working out yesterday. I was up close and personal where the running backs were checking that out. And he definitely looked like he was, you know, still like, all right, I'm, I'm ramping up a little bit still. So, you know, he's a little bit behind, but it's nice to see him get in the mix. He didn't miss that much time where he's not going to be able to make it up, but obviously you want those rookies to get out there sooner than later. 
if they're going to be able to get acclimated and 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 make sort any sort of impact here early in camp. So Strong was right. back. I'm trying to think if there was anything else worth uh, mentioning. A mystery chopper landed. I don't know who came out of it. That might have been Kraft leaving because he was there Kraft. at the start of practice. Oh, it just came to pick him up. That was so. I ride? noticed. I noticed the other day when he arrived in the chopper. It took off while he was still there. So I don't think it stays there while he's at the stadium. I think it goes somewhere else and then comes back to get him. So I never saw him arrive. Like I saw him walk up to the field. I never saw the helicopter bring him in. I wonder if that was him leaving. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Or maybe they're, maybe they're meeting with Odell Beckham. Who knows? When it landed, I heard, right, nobody got out. And I was like, okay, who's in there? Uh, when it landed, uh, they started, the PA system started playing Lay Your Hands on Me. So I thought it was John Bon Jovi's entrance music. Um, oh, yeah, but, there you go. But no, it wasn't him either. So I have no idea. I'm curious who got flown in. Uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll get our Larry Fitzgerald at the airport pictures later on uh, <laughs> and all of our conspiracy theories about who flew into Gillette Stadium. OBJ? Maybe OBJ. I like that. Um, anything else? We need to do the Alex? college football thing where they track the flights to see where the coaches are going. Exactly. Um, they continue to be very, very heavy special teams work. And I think you look at how yeah. the kicking game killed them last year. I think there's field position is going to be a huge thing for this team this year. That's not by mistake. They know they need it and people are going to roll their eyes. Well, they weren't great offensively at times last year either. They need to fix that. Like, yes. And they're working on it. I think they understand just how much that special, those special teams mistakes killed them last year. I don't think it's something that they're going to let happen again. I know a lot of people are saying, well, you know, is Kate, what should Cam Accord be back? Should they've gotten a new special teams coordinator after everything that went on? It's, it's clear that it's something that's a, that's a point of focus. Oh, and the other note, uh, just housekeeping note, Shivani Talai, right. Getting hurt at the end of practice. He had to be helped yeah. off the field. So, you know, Bill kind of raves about him in a serious XM interview on, I don't remember if it was Monday or Tuesday earlier this week says he's going to be a big part of what we do all four downs that kind of caught a lot of people's attention because he hadn't been super involved to this point in camp. I thought it had a pretty good day on Tuesday. So the comments from Monday night, he had a pretty good day on Tuesday and he had to get helped off today walking slowly. So we'll wait and see uh, what the news is on him. Yeah. Don't like to see that. Someone's asking for a James White update. There is none. None. Um, yep. He's still not participating. And again, um, you really start to wonder, you know, and there's two things you could look at it here. He's just getting the veterans treatment here. And it's like, when you're, we'll see you at the end of camp. You don't need to go through all of this stuff. We know that you're going to be fine. Or, you know, we don't know if he's returning or not. Um, right. But I believe if, if I, that there's no reason you don't need to see James White. When James White wants to be James White, he'll be James White. Um, if he still can be. If he still can be. If he feels he has it, he comes back whenever he wants to. Um, yep. People asking, and again, I'm starting to like it more and more, how tall Reek Thornton looked today. Uh, not a lot of activity. I will say one thing that I noticed throughout camp, Alex, is um, he's really outstanding at uh, catching balls that drop in over his shoulder or over the top yeah. of his head. It's really actually been impressive, an impressive thing, seeing him track those down. Um, Cause that takes a great amount of, you know, coordination and body control. You know, he did make that terrific catch uh, on Jalen Mills, that kind of one hander where the ball just drops in and he's just looking, looking and hauls it in. Um, right. I was noticing just a drill today where they were just lofting it up and having go guys go run under it. A lot of people have trouble with those balls and he just hauls them all in again. There's nothing not to like about Thornton so far. Yeah, he actually talked about that specific kind of catch after practice. Yep. And he, he yep. basically said he, he's worked on it a ton because it, you don't need to make that catch on a regular basis, but it's the hardest catch. And if you can make that catch, you can catch the ball from any angle, right? 
it's kind of, you know, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball right. sort of mentality. It feels like yeah. if you dodge traffic, you can dodge a ball. So I, I thought that was really interesting to hear them say that. The way he views the game, I think, is just fascinating, the way he views preparing for the game. Another answer he gave that stuck out to me, he's been working as the, the gunner on the punt team, which is something he didn't do at Baylor. And when you're the gunner, right, you got to get off the line like you're yep. a wide receiver, but the rules are a little different. There's First of all, there's usually two guys on you, and they can be a little more physical with you than they can if you're a wide receiver. So he kind of talked about how that's helped him. Again, it's like a resistance band thing, right? Learning how to get off the line as a gunner on punt team has helped him get off the line as a wide receiver. And I don't know that, you know, I kind of thought that oh, that's a good point. Like, I don't know how many guys view it that way. And right. that's obviously something they love, right? Complimentary football takes something from one aspect of the game yeah, and, and use it in another. So I just, it, the way he, I'd love to ask him more just about how he views the way all the different areas of the game connect, because I, I think he's, he views the game in a really interesting way. He views the game in a really fascinating way. I think he's truly like a football nerd, a football junkie. And you keep kind of seeing signs of it. I'm looking forward to hearing them talk more throughout the season. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's a thing, as you said, you can use it because it's going to apply to your current, you know, trade, but it's not something he's going to do during the year. He's not playing on special teams. He's not going to be a gunner. Right. Uh, it's probably an emergency situation, if anything. Right. But it, I think it is very much to, to in, in order to do exactly what you mentioned there is, you know, to to get off of blocks and get off the line and just deal with physicality. Any opportunity you can give him to do that right now, I think is worthwhile, because, again, that's by far the number one concern here is he's skinny as hell and he's not going to be able to get off the jam at the line. And if he can't do that, you know, what's the point here? Um, and so that's what you want to see uh, from him is. Uh, you know, uh, you know, being able to handle that physicality. Uh, other observations today, again, I'm trying to, I, this is, I don't want to be, I'm not saying this for the sake of being negative. Um, Devonte Parker, who was everywhere at the beginning of camp, seeing a less of him uh, in terms of big plays or, or moments here. Uh, and again, largely a byproduct of the offense, just not really being uh, really up to snuff right now. Um, I haven't seen a ton there. And Nelson Aguilar, I think continues to look better and better uh, yeah. each day. And again, everything I saw from him today, he looks, he looks really good. All right, real quick, we want to take a pause and tell you about our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with the first to market odds and lines. And of course, the Patriots Beat Podcast and the entire CLNS Media Network is powered by Bet Online. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. They have it all. So head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our code CLNS50 to receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, the code is CLNS50. Receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Um, looking at the one on ones, I know this is a big area of focus, and a lot of you guys love to track. You know, those uh, the one-on-ones, the O-line versus the D-line guys. You know, Strange goes down kind of an 0-for-2 sort of day going against Lawrence Guy, a lot of power there, and then he was up against Barmore. But I didn't think he got dominated in those reps. Did you? No, not particularly. I think he looked better. He, kind of the thing with the whole offense, right? There's still a ways to go, but he looked better yeah. uh, in those. I'll, I'll just give two more observations, too, just based on that. I know somebody brought up J.J. Taylor in the chat. Uh, J.J. Taylor's had a bit Taylor, of a camp here. Yeah, yeah but t today he, Taylor was active, I thought. 
well, he was active, but I, he had a, a rough drop today. That's the second he day in a row, drop. or second in three days. I don't remember if it was yesterday or Tuesday. He had a drop. Um, he's struggled in pass pro. I I think he's probably on the fringe right now, especially if they're going to consider Ty with Ty Montgomery a full time running back. That might bump him off the roster. Uh, on a positive note, uh, you talk about you know kind of people like to track the stats. John Smith four catches today, tied for the team high. He's been involved heavily every single day, and they're using him at all three levels. Uh, of the pattern. He, he seems, it seems like things are clicking for him in year two. It really does. Uh, I think he's somebody that that's had an encouraging start to camp again, within the context of the offense struggling as a whole, I, I think he's been as good as you could expect within that. So that's certainly a good sign because if he can be big, I don't know that there's any, you know, you go back to that record breaking for agency class last year, right? I don't know if there's any player from that class that you need to see, take a bigger jump for this team to succeed more than John U. Smith. I guess say Jalen Mills, but Smith's clearly, if he's not one, he's one a. Yeah. Um, yeah, no doubt. I think I, I, I do agree there. John who has been, it, it, it is funny. Uh, not enough attention is being uh, paid to the big free agent signings of last year, where you would think under normal circumstances, when you bring in guys and pay them as much money as you pay John and Nelson Aguilar and have them completely underperform, even your lowest expectations, um, that that would be a big area of focus. And people would be really interested to see whether or not they're going to make good on the investment. Uh, it feels like, they're both kind of forgotten. Uh, and again, I'm basing this off of nebulous in the air, in the ether sort of buzz uh, stuff. You just doesn't feel like there's a lot of attention paid to how John is going to be, how Aguilar is going to be. And when you look at this team on the whole, you know, the, the key to the key to them getting better. We knew this entering the off season even was going to be internal improvements, which is by far the most important thing right now. So if both of those guys take steps forward and are even close to what you thought you got that you paid for, they're in a much better position than, 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 than I think people are giving them credit yeah. for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, not much left on today. So we are going to kind of whip through some stuff here. I think after eight days, uh, Alex uh, has been busy uh, calculating, tabulating all the stats and he is ready to give out his draft grades, uh, group by group, position by position. Draft so, grades or, or camp grades? Not draft grades, camp okay, grades. I'm I just so want to make sure. saying draft grades. It just we can do draft grades if you want. We can do updated draft grades. I can. We can start talking big board for 2023. Welcome to Pat's speech, John. You're not. It's ready. always draft season. Wait until we get to September, and I start throwing out names you've never heard of. Welcome to the you're, show. Welcome to the Thunderdome. You're not ready. Um, <laughs> but but. Uh, but uh, yeah, so do you want to start offense or defense right now? Let's uh, let's, start. let's start offense. Let's do offense. Really? Okay. Yeah. Offense. Let's start. We mentioned Mac holding the ball a little bit today. Zappy, uh, rough start to cr- rough start to camp, um, I think. But you know, has looked a little better as time has gone on. Um, grade the quarterbacks so far. I'll go with a B. My my general B grade is there's no knocks but there's nothing over the top, right? I think Mac, you've seen the growth you wanted to see. It's been kind of a struggle for him. And I don't know that it's entirely his foot. Um, you know, nothing extraordinary. So, like, Oh, Mac Jones, here we go. Like, I don't know that we've had that moment, but I don't know how many moments there's been, if any, that are like, well, Mac's not doing what he should be doing right now. Right. So, so, you know, B he's, he's been as expected, no more, no less. 
Yeah. And again, a lot of that is a byproduct of if the line was blocking better and they were able to, you know, hold up and get some more big plays, you might see some more big time throws. You're just not seeing it. Today's a perfect opportunity of basically everything Mac had um, was, you know, stuff that was short, kind of, you know, close to the line of scrimmage and, you know, Captain Checkdown is not necessarily what you want Mac Jones to be, so it is hard to gush over his grade. But I do think his ball placement when he has on cork throws has been pretty solid. Um, a couple of those picks were either miscommunications or in the case of yesterday we talked about might have been an intentional underthrow just to see how people would react. So I'm yeah. not putting a ton of that on him. I actually think when he's thrown the ball, he's been inc- incredibly accurate. Um, but you want to – again – when the offense is struggling yeah. the way it is, it's hard to give the quarterback any better than a B. You might even go a little lower there. Uh, running backs. B plus. I think that Ramondre has been excellent. I think Damian Harris has been very good. I'm going to throw Ty Montgomery in here because I think he's a running back. I think he's been yeah. good. Um, those three guys are probably A's, but JJ Taylor struggled. We haven't seen Pierre strong, who I think really should be playing a big, roll with this group yeah so i'm like i i know you probably think i'm going too high we'll get to some other ones later i'll go like bb plus um just I'm, and i'm going off of like compared to expectations too right with like a b minus being the baseline um i'll i'll, I'll go with a b compared to expectations I, I really wish we'd seen something for pierre strong maybe that's coming the next couple of days if he's not healthy i get it but it just it feels i almost want to say incomplete because it feels incomplete it's right incomplete. now because it feels like pierre strong should be a big part of it and he just hasn't been it's incomplete. You haven't seen Pierre strong and there's just not been enough room to run. And again, I'm just not going to put any right. of that on the running backs. Right. There uh, are issues. We'll get to that. Great. There, the running game issues have not been because of the running backs. Exactly. And so they're going to get at least a B just based off of the fact that we know what they have and we know what to expect. And I do think the Ty Montgomery addition as a dynamic uh, that we weren't uh, sure uh, they would have. Um, so, That'll make up for J.J. Taylor not having a great camp or not getting to see enough for Pierre Strong from, uh, you know, you know, at least so far. Uh, tight ends. Tight ends. Uh, I'll, Let's I'll go, go B A minus B. You'll go A minus. <laughs> well, yeah, no, like B. Like, again, it's kind of the same thing where and it's tough with this because I feel like there's been no negatives. Matt Sokol has like five drops at this point, but whatever. There's been like no negatives. But they haven't had a chance to really shine and be like, oh, look at John U. Smith. Look at Honor Henry make plays because nobody can make plays because the offense doesn't have any time to operate. There's a right? negative if you count Dalton Keene's existence. All right, that's fair. Um, like B, again, <laughs> if, if, like, if you if you if you account for the fact that Dalton Keene exists and is alive and on this team and part of this group, it drags down the grade. It's like uh, it's, you know, it's, it's like when it's, it's like, like when blue it's like when blue died, you know. <laughs> Uh, and, and, yeah. and he got an F across the board. No, that's that's what Dalton Keene like, gives you. I'm like, the meter hasn't moved one way or the other at tight end. I'm still where I was coming into camp. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Uh, I, I'm afraid to go there. I, I'm going up on the tight ends because, as I said, is okay. uh, it's also I'm also grading a bit on a curve here and, yeah. and say that you're desperate to see something from Janu, And he's been, as you said, one of the better players overall in camp. So that to me is a big arrow trending up. So I'm going to give him uh, a slightly higher grade than that. Uh, this is the one we didn't want to get to, but we are going to get to just how bad is the old line in your estimation right now? D D D uh, tr- I think Trent Brown's like been sneaky. Good. Like sneaky. He really has good. when he, when Trent Brown feels like playing, 
he's been good. And when right. he gets his hands on people, he mauls them. Um, but, and I think David Andrews is actually after it looked like he was, you've seen the progression from the first day when he got there and he looked a little sluggish to now. And I think he's starting yep. to get his legs under him a little bit. Yeah. But the, the rest of the group just, I mean, it's been, it's been a mess. It's been a mess. They can't give Mac any time. They can't open holes in the running game. Trent Brown's the reason I'm not giving them an F basically. Yeah, on one who had a couple of wins today, I thought in the one-on-ones as well. But again, we're looking we're looking for positives here. Where overall, it's been yeah. it's been it's been largely negative. Yeah, I honestly don't put a ton of stock into the offensive line one-on-ones, and I'm sure Evans like crawling back onto the show now to yell at me about that. But because it's 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 so contextual, right? Like nobody can block Christian Barmore in one-on-ones, but in general assignment, you're never going to be asked to block Christian Barmore one-on-one. So how relevant really is that rep, right? So it's, you know, it's for a guy like Cole Strange, I think it's interesting. Or like for rookies, it's interesting just seeing how they handle getting hit by NFL talent. Beyond that, they they don't do much for me. Okay. Uh, so it's a D for you. Yeah. It's a D. Okay. That's fine. Uh, I think that's fair. What I was think it anything, for you? I think anything higher than that would be much. I don't want to give a flat okay. out F and I'm not going to do yeah. that because as you said, there's enough there where it hasn't been a total failure across the board. Uh, and as I said, is if you are going to factor in some one-on-ones, you know, they've held up against some guys when they're getting beat up in those uh, team drills. Uh, it's just the continuity there of trying to do something new. Uh, that's just been a total frigging disaster. And again, uh, way too many sacks in those competitive 11 yeah. on 11s there. So, uh, you know, it's, it, it's pretty bad switching to the defensive side of the ball. Let's go with the big guys up front. Two of the more impressive players at camp. Uh, reside on the defensive line and that's uh barmore and godshaw right now yeah and when you throw in how jennings has looked here yeah well yeah i and even enter henderson's look good like a plus 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 for the defensive line if they play like this in the regular season the defense is going to be a problem specifically barmore and godshaw like they look rejuvenated they they look like they can potentially take over games how much of that is the offensive line struggling we're going to find out a week from today in that first preseason game but you can't help but be, you know, wowed by what the defensive line has done. Yeah. Uh, Defensive line. Great. And this is something that's funny too, Alex, because it was, I'd say, I mean, I don't know where you stood on it, but this was an area where people thought they got to, they should, they should get after this in the draft. There was a lot of areas you thought that they would address in the draft uh, and defensive line was largely ignored um, as was cornerback. And these were two areas where it's like, ah, they might need some juice there, but right now you have to be happy with what they have Um, uh, there. Linebackers is another um, really pleasant surprise right now. Yeah. I'll go a again. I'll I'll go a here. You know, you needed, like I said, Oh, I skipped. Did I skip wide receivers? I skipped wide receivers finish on the linebackers and we'll jump back in. I'm sorry. We were talking about them so much before. I missed it too. I forgot to do the great, but yeah, go ahead. That's a trick. That's a tricky one. I do want to talk about that. Finish with, finish with the linebackers. Like I said, coming into camp, you know, in the middle, you really needed two of those three guys to hit McMillan, Wilson and McGrone. And it seems like two of them have in, in McMillan and Wilson. So that's exciting. Yep. On the outside, Anthony Jennings developing. I think Jawan Bentley's even shown a little bit of growth, showing some more versatility than maybe he's shown in the past couple of years. So, yeah, A for the linebackers. The D, and, again, it's like comparing it to this offensive line that struggled, and we don't know how much is one and how much is the other. Like, John, what if they come out against the Giants and run for 200 yards and still hold them to, like, 50 yards rushing, right? It kind of changes the whole context of what this camp has been. Right. Um, but, yeah, a, a for the linebackers for me. All right, we'll we'll jump back in. 
this is a funny one because I believe the receiver. I believe that there hasn't been much in 11 on 11s. The receivers have either been covered or they haven't been able to make plays downfield. But all in all, I actually feel pretty good about the receiver group right now. So I would go B if I were to give a grade. I, yeah, I'm going to, I feel like I'd go like B, B plus as of a couple days ago, but Devontae Parker fading kind of hurts it. I'll I'll go B again. I'll go B again. It's been kind of as expected, maybe a little bit above expected. The last couple days didn't help. Um, Ty, like individually, Tyquan Thornton, A. Right. Nelson Aguilar, A. Well, that's I why I'm going B. I've liked right. something from all of them at one point or another. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you just want to see a little it. more consistency. Even Jacoby. Jacoby had one move today where he absolutely just, uh, and I can't remember who it was against, but just a terrific uh, play in one on one where he just absolutely lost somebody. Um, and he's the, the same consistent guy who we never talk about at all. You throw Montgomery in that mix as well if you want to. But Aguilar has been good. Parker was great early. Thornton, we like everything we've seen. It's just not a lot happening in the competitive drills, which worries you some. But when we watch them play, we're like, uh, and again, even Nixon, you like what you've seen a little bit. Yeah, I like what I've seen from Nixon a lot, actually. And he's still involved in the kicking game, too, which is huge if, if he wants to make the team. I think he's un- he hasn't had any like highlight plays, but he's under the radar, had a very good camp. Yep. Uh, and then we'll jump to the to the back line of the defense, the D-backs. Also an area we were concerned about coming in. And also, again, similar to the defensive line, it's hard to know how good they actually are because you don't know how much of it has to do with the offense struggling at this point in time. Uh, but they look they look I mean, again, whoever we think are going to be the starters, I think have looked really good. Yeah, I'll go B minus at corner. I think Mills and Mitchell have looked really good. It is a little bit of a bummer you haven't seen that third guy emerge, whether it's Malcolm Butler, Jack Jones, or whoever. But I, I, I'm like A for the top two guys, right? And then like a C plus for the rest. Way Malcolm down. Butler's been inconsistent. Uh, safety, I'll, I'll, I'll go B plus. Again, it's been that thing where they've been good. They've been solid. There's no holes. I don't know that there's been that wow moment for them. Maybe Kyle, Kyle Duggar's pick to end last week, but no knocks. No knocks. They're good at safety. That might be the p- best position group on the team. I think it is at least. And, yeah. and they've lived up to that so far. Yeah, I, I wish we'd gotten to see more more Jabril Peppers. That's not like a knock on his grade. He's been hurt. I'm just saying, like, I, I can't wait for him to get healthy because I think he'll be really exciting when he is. Uh, like, I think what I'm saying is I think they have room to grow at that yeah. position. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody has any worry at safety. There were some issues where we were watching Duggar kind of getting lost in coverage uh, against tight ends a little bit earlier in camp. Uh, but beyond that, again, I don't think that's a position you really necessarily have to worry about. Also, we just haven't seen enough from those guys, um, you know, uh, making plays so far in, uh, in, in the days that we've seen. Uh, is there enough for you to grade special teams, Alex? Of course. Always. Yeah, always. Okay. Yeah. All three I... phases. We, we go all three phases here. All three. So I think the kickoff, the kickoff unit's been really good. The kick return unit, Marcus Jones is very aggressive in terms of the balls he fields, the balls he lets go. Some of that might be camp and he's trying to prove himself. I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. He's just been very aggressive. He's maybe fielding some balls he shouldn't uh, on kick and punt return. Jake Bailey looks incredible. He looks totally refreshed after playing hurt last year. So that's been excellent. And the punt return group as a whole between Marcus Jones, Trey Nixon, Jabril Peppers when he's healthy. I think there's a lot of potential there. So I'll go, I'll go a minus on special teams. I think special teams has put in the work you'd expect coming in. The tough thing is where they really struggled last year 
was punt protection, right? They couldn't keep Jake Bailey clean. There were a number of blocks. There were some that I think he maybe Way had short kick because they would have yeah. been blocked. Well, even beyond yeah. that, I think there's some that maybe would have been blocked and Bailey short kicked and you get the ball off, but it doesn't go as far or as accurate. You keep, you don't know until a game, even in fully padded practices, they're not going hard enough to really tell that. So that's my one unknown, but everything they've done so far I've liked, I think has been good. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, that, concludes all of our Patriots stuff uh, for the day. But uh, Alex, I am going to sneak in because I, I know you love to do it. I'm going to sneak in a Boston Ooh, sports minute for you. I like it. All right. What uh, do you got? All right. Hold on one second. First, we change the graphic. Dun, dun, dun. Did we do it? Then yep, we change. Hold on. There's more to it. Oh. I want Alex's take on this. Jackie Bradley yeah. Jr. Look, I, there's so there's the argument first that it, you know should they have stuck with him or, or Jaron Duran? I know a lot of people are down on Jaron Duran, but he's so much younger. I'm fine with sticking with Duran over Bradley, even if Duran kind of looks like a mess right now. You have to stick with the potential at this point. As for Bradley himself, that trade you know doesn't look great. The prospects haven't necessarily performed. He actually took on more salaries the Red Sox to take on a worse player. And Alex Spear had this great thread. Yes, it's earlier. Tr- that, today. And that's Did why I brought that? it up here. Okay, this. This is borderline. This is why I brought this up. This is borderline fireable um, in terms of how they manage this salary. By taking on, they traded Renfro's 7.5 for Bradley's 12, got the prospects With another year of control on Renfro, too. Another year of control for the 12, and then they brought in FAM for another two, and that puts them over the luxury tax line, which means the penalty is if they lose players in free agency – um, as you will, because you didn't trade them and you're expecting Bogarts, Martinez to opt out, uh, you know, Martinez a free agent, Bogarts to opt out, hit free agency. Instead of getting a pick at the end of the second round, you're not going to get picks at the end of the fourth round, which is probably going to be players that are going to be more highly touted than the prospects you got in return on the Bradley deal. And this to me, Alex is simple freaking math. And yeah. like to not be able to do this is like, I don't care if you run, you know, uh, you know, a small, you know, bagel shop or, you know, independently or a major league baseball franchise, this kind of math is the stuff that gets you friggin' fired. Like, I don't understand how you blow this up. I don't understand how as a Red Sox, you can be, you can, how, how are they acting like a small market team, but over the luxury tax line? It's unfathomable. So this is exactly the point. And granted, I made this point before this happened, but when we were arguing about this the other day with the trade deadline, right? I said, it'd be one thing if Bloom was just doing the, the small market Tampa thing. And I don't agree with the plan, but he's at least executing it, right? They're not even operating like the like the Rays or one of these small market sabermetrics teams anymore, right? This is not what the Rays do at all. You have Hunter Renfro for $7.3 million. You keep Hunter Renfro because for $7.3 30, million. It's 30 homers and 100 RBI right. even for nothing. If you want to say we want to trade an overpriced outfielder, maybe get a little worse than pick up prospects, the guy you deal in that situation, again, going back to the winter, the guy you deal is J.D. Martinez, not Hunter Renfro. So I'll say it again. I'm not going to give Bloom crap for trying to operate like he's still with the Tampa Bay Rays because that's not what he's doing. He's not operating like he's running a big market team or like he's operating like he's running a small market team. He's operating like he's drunk playing MLB The Show. It doesn't make any sense. There is no plan. There is no strategy. It's all nonsense. He's flying by the seat of his pants. 
There's no direction whatsoever. You're right. This was a horrible, it was a horrible trade when they made it. This puts the cap on it. I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear small team, small market anymore. And, oh, look, the Rays have been successful. He's operating like the Rays. That's not what he's doing. He's a drunk toddler at this point. I keep saying he's drunk. I I shouldn't, you know what I mean? There's just, there's no rhyme or reason or logic. It's all just throwing crap against the wall. There's no plan. Yeah, it's. That 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 thread from Spear is what threw me over the over the top there. But yeah. beyond that, just simply, you know, bringing in this trying to sneak guys in and hope we wouldn't notice, like trying to play an outfield where Jackie Bradley Jr. is out there and batting one ninety, you know, and then trying to throw. I mean, the fact that he has the third most games played on the team behind, just ahead of Bobby Dahlbeck, like you are putting out non guys who are borderline you know you know uh hot dog vendors i mean like borderline out lineups borderline out of the game if not even for a you know guys who yeah. are not major league ready players on a 200 and something million dollar team and you're doing it at four and five positions and when guys got hurt it was six and seven spots on the diamond of having below major league caliber talent below replacement level putting jbj out there and i'm sorry jaron duran is not young he's older than rafael devers he's 25 and he is a foray guy and he's never going to have a major league career and he can't judge a fly ball and he has no business in center field. What are you doing leaving Jackie and right and having Duran in center, even on, on field management didn't make sense with bringing Bradley in here. You put him in a position to fail. You made him an everyday player when what he needed to be was a platoon guy. Uh, and there is a defensive replacement. Of course he was going to fail because he's just not that good a hitter. Um, and you didn't, I don't know. So the whole thing sucked uh, no, from I start think, to finish. The entire so Jackie Bradley experiment, you know, bringing him back and this yeah. was just a fail from the get-go. But especially seeing now what it's done to them and how it's messed up their books is a disaster. And people on here wondering, why aren't they talking Patriots? We wrapped up Patriots. It's a little Boston Sports Minute right. and then we're going to wrap up the pod. If you missed the start of it, go back. Uh, you can rewatch it. We talked about uh, day eight from camp today, our observations and handed out some grades as well. If you're jumping in late. Yeah. Um, on, on Jackie and like, none of this is his fault either. You know, he towards the end of his career, he, 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 like you said, he should have been a platoon player. They didn't put him in a great spot. He's always been good to the organization. He's been great for the organization. Um, it's nothing against him. It's against bloom. And you talk about, you know, do they need to shake up? And you mentioned the manager one, I think, I don't remember if I said this to you the other day, or if I said to somebody else, Remember when Tom Brady was here and he would get fed up with the play calling and he would throw the, the protest balls, right? I think Alex Cora has been putting out protest lineups. Like, well, this is what you're going to give me. This is what I'm going to do. And Matt McCarthy had a really interesting idea on Twitter this morning. And somebody just hinted at it in the, in the chat there. Cora said he doesn't want to manage forever, but he's a tremendously popular guy. The players love him. One of the Red Sox biggest problems right now is the players don't trust the front office what if you move Cora up there to stable things? I yeah. wonder, John, you tell me, is there any team in recent history that moved a coach up to the front office who was popular with the players, but maybe was having some trouble figuring out the X's and O's so, on a game-to-game basis, and it clicked? Has there you, been any cases of that recently? I, I, I can't think of one. You only do that if you're <laughs> uh, if you're cheap and you owe that coach a ton of money. Um <laughs> <laughs> then you do it. Other than that, no. But it worked. It, you can't say it didn't work. It worked. They got to the finals in his first year. 
TBD. I'm also, you know, I'm not giving Theo all the credit for 2004 either. There was some work that was done beforehand. Uh, but enough. still, um, you know, poor Dan Duquette. Um, but yeah, uh, Red Sox are a mess. It really is a fairly depressing uh, Boston sports scene these days just because so many teams are just stuck in this no man's land of mediocrity uh, with their ceilings capped before the season begins. You hope the Patriots aren't that. The great thing about football and the great thing about the Patriots is um, at any point in time, stuff can just come together in ways that you didn't necessarily see. And so that's what you're hoping for with the Patriots, that the whole is a little bit greater than the sum of the parts um, and that there are, you know, and that you have enough internal improvement where they uh, can surprise us a little bit. So uh, we are, as we said, um, through... Uh, eight days of camp with another practice tomorrow. Uh, we're going to wrap up the Patriots beat here, um, but uh, make sure you tune in. We will be bringing you daily podcasts when there are camp practices so we can talk about it. We have Friday. They're off on Saturday, back Sunday at Gillette Stadium. We'll be back at the stadium there as well, uh, checking out these next couple of days. In the meantime, Alex Barth, who'd you have on your podcast today? Karen Grigge and Boston Herald. Really good stuff. We talked about kind of where the offense is at, what needs to change. She talked to Trent Brown today. We got a bit into that conversation and some of the younger players on defense that might be on their way up. Karen is great. One of the great true insiders uh, remaining oh, yeah. on the Patriots beat. Gets a lot of people to talk to her. Is a fountain of information. So check out that podcast. Um, that should be really good. Also, make sure you uh, follow Alex uh, on Twitter for all of his camp updates and read all of his written material over at 98.5 uh, The Sports Hub. Uh, and, you know, you're going to hear him on radio a lot during uh, Patriots camp. You got any appearances coming uh, up? Yep. I'm on Saturday two to five Sunday, two to one Tuesday, seven to midnight. And then Friday, seven to midnight, the night after the uh, preseason game. And I, I'm pretty sure I'll be on the, the uh, night of the preseason game as well. I just don't know. When nice. Yet. His cup runneth yep. over. There's be a, busy. all the, Ale all the Alex Barth you guys can handle. So check that out. And obviously uh, head over to CLNS media for all of our training camp coverage, subscribe to this YouTube channel for endless, uh, camp updates you've got greg bedard you have andrew callahan obviously this patriot speed podcast uh tons of daily content uh and we're just going to keep kind of pouring it out there uh throughout training camp and obviously on into the regular season so thanks for joining